last time on Almost Heroes. Uh, we open with the party entering into a tundra-filled arena of snow and ice. Snow falling throughout the arena, but only into the arena itself, hovering just above the floor. The fight begins with the party moving throughout this uh, icy floor, walking through the ice and precarious stone platforms that dot the landscape as Cosmo prepares to square off against Peril. Rangrim casts a wall of fire, trying to cut off Peril from his teammates, while Orc transforms himself into a giant ape-like creature. Rangrim's fiery spell, however, was quickly thwarted by Janus, the group's spellcaster, as Gwyn continues fighting from range and Cosmo moves forward further to meet Peril. Cosmo, landing a smite, finds lightning flying through his weapon and through the arena, striking each of the Red Striders. Rangrim channels his divine energy into a guiding bolt, yeeting all of Janice's life force from her weak, weak body. Weak size. <laughs> Cosmo and Peril continue to exchange blows, as well as words, all the while Glenn and Rangrim are now trying to handle the giant ape creature bowing towards them. After a uh, heated bout and a few close calls, Cosmo lands several deadly smites against Peril, dropping him to his knees, leaving him barely alive. After seeing this, Rangrim is able to convince Orc to flee, as he then turns and lands a final blow to Peril, knocking him unconscious. Cosmo takes the axe from Peril's body, but he begins hallucinating, seeing his mother, Amy, bloody and beaten, on the arena floor. Seeing this, Cosmo dives onto Peril's body, believing it to be his mother trying to defend her. Eventually, being broken from the spell by Rangrim casting the spell magic, Cosmo is able to see clearly, and he now again takes the axe, attuning to it, and picking up Peril's body, body, whispering to him that his punishment is to live with the deeds he has done, and Cosmo would not kill him there today. As the crowd cheers, the party leaves triumphantly. That's where my notes just trail off. I don't have that uh, really wrapped up in a bow there for you. <laughs> no, that's that's perfect. Thank you so much, Dan. That brings us to episode 47, Odds and Ends. So, welcome back. We pick up with our almost heroes having just defeated Madame Marsh's Red Striders in the final round of the Rockdale Fighting Tournament. Surprisingly, without killing any members of the opposing team, but having relieved peril of his prized Gorgon Great Axe with its power to petrify its victims. So as you all are exiting out of the arena through the door, passing by your favorite uh, elf among elves with his clipboard, uh, walking through the the tunnel up towards uh, your best friend Kosha as like the sounds of cheering and triumphant horns are kind of like getting more and more distant as the doors behind you shut. Uh, you all basically head up the staircase to the uh, uh, basically walking up the staircase as the kind of floor doors open in front of you and you all are greeted by the smiling uh, troll face of your best friend Kosha. Oh well, I'm just so I'm just so proud of you all. You just you just made me so I'm the the proudest uh, the proudest troll I could ever be. Uh, what what can I uh, what can I do for y'all? Are y'all injured at all? Uh, actually, Coach, I feel kind of looks around looking to see if there's any wounds. Are like I don't think I got hit. I feel pretty good. 
Oh, well, I'm just so happy to hear that. How about the rest of y'all? How about, yeah, about you, Rand Graham, and you, Cosmo? I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty good. You should ask the other guys. The ones in, um, oh, one of them was gone. I think he might have killed people on the way out. He was a big ape black guy. But he's just gone. Um, yeah, there's going to be some insurance to pay there. Yeah. And I didn't do it this time. Oh, well, I mean, we have a plenty. We just have so many people that can go on in mending and with the healing. I'm sure that that other team's just going to be righty rue in no time. But, well, uh, I, I normally uh, I, we would be giving your, uh, your winnings to your uh, your patron. But, um, and she kind of uh, kind of glances kind of over to the side. Um, and you can actually see that there is a, uh, a gurney that is being carried out from the upper level. Uh, and kind of hanging their arm hanging out of the side, uh, you see a black and frostbitten uh, gnomish arm that as he's kind of like, like as they're leading him with a blanket over the top of them, uh, you see a twisted and like broken dagger that kind of falls to the ground that looks very similar the to the one, the one that Glenn gave him. Oh. Uh, Glenn snaps to Kosha quickly like Kosha what happened oh well I don't know I was just down here of course I know this must be just so infuriating for you but from what I can understand there was um there was some sort of altercation up there and uh it looks like uh old Baldor just you know came on the uh the the kind of didn't come out on the uh, upper end of that I from all I can tell there was a kind of uh, some sort of magical explosion and there was uh I, um, old Baldor just doesn't he doesn't seem to be doing too well they're trying to take him over to to get healed but it seems like the damage is pretty severe they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened but uh, from what I can tell there was um, it, it looks as if uh, someone was maybe potentially and I don't want to put any I don't want to point any fingers but it, it looks like potentially Baldor might have attacked one of the other patrons and there might have been some sort of magical defense on them yeah well, we uh or I guess Cosmo, you've seen that that effect before. Uh, Kosha, we might didn't really plan on bringing this up so soon, but we we might have some evidence that uh, some of your patrons might be kind of skirting the lines on those rules. We 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 obviously need to tend to Baldor, but do you guys have eyes on Madame Marsh? Do you know where she is right now? Oh well, I mean, like I said, I haven't uh, I haven't left my desk all the entire day as much as I would have loved to watch your match. Of course, I'm sure it was just so exciting. But uh, I, as far as where Miss Ma- Miss Marsh, Miss Madam Marsh, would be, I I do not know her whereabouts. But I'm sure that if you start asking around, someone will know. Uh, and you said that the dagger dropped. The dagger is kind of like as they were leading him, and so I think that. So if you picture the staircase, so like. The way I see this is um, the desk that Coach is sitting at directly behind it is that staircase that leads up to the top box. Um, and so I think that they were leading him, kind of carrying uh, Baldor down that on a stretcher. Uh, and as he was kind of coming down that, his hand kind of fell out the side of it and the dagger kind of dropped and clattered on the stairs. So I think that it's kind of at a distance, a little bit away from you, but not super far, enough that you can see it. Uh, and they've kind of like headed off to... Uh, the side, uh, seemingly taking uh, Baldor to some sort of med bay. Got it. Uh, yeah, uh, Glenn would look over to Cosmo and Rangram's like, well, I think we uh, 
we kind of understand what happened here in the most part. Uh, Kosho, what do we what do we do about this tournament first? You, you said you normally give it to Baldor, but he's he's going to be a little out of commission for a couple days. Uh, that's all we can take off your hands, or maybe you can hold it for us for a little bit. Oh well, of course I want. You know, this is uh, the good news I have for you. And she kind of like reaches down uh, below her desk, uh, and you see her pull up uh, two items. Uh, one is a hefty sack of uh, kind of reinforced with like this kind of like it's leather um but it's kind of like this velvet kind of suede but it's like this red with uh kind of a gold it's like it's the most like uh it's the largest and the most like ornamental uh coin satchel you've ever seen uh and it has like the the symbol like any kind of the same symbology you would see for the you know rockdale like arena the primal arena on it like the same kind of coat of arms whatever else would be on the outside of the building uh and she plops that down on the table on one side, and then with the other hand, she pulls out this massive chalice that's probably the size of, like, I would say maybe, like, at least a foot. It has two handles on the other side, on each side, and it is, looks like it's solid platinum uh, with, like, some gold uh, kind of, like, filigree around it, and then it has that same symbol of the arena on the front of it. Well, now, I, these are the two things that you get. And, like, now this might just look like a regular cup, but it actually has some special qualities. This cup, though, it also shows that you are the champions of this of this arena for this year, and you can see it here on the little. We've already engraved all your names and the dates and all that stuff. But it's also imbued with three charges of the spell teleport. Now, you will have to use it from a teleportation you know, circle, so we do have one here in the arena, but... You basically, until you, you, once you use them all up, of course, it's just a real cool cup. You want to use it to drink out of, want to put it on the mantelpiece. It's, well, it's totally up to you. You'll want to spread it around and, you know, take turns with it. That's totally fine. But aside from that, in the satchel, I have 5,000 gold pieces for you. Well, that's mighty nice. And Cosmo, I guess, will pick up and the items. Okay. I trust, and... I trust you with the items more than Glint. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I can put these in my fanny pack, or if someone feels partial to holding some of them, or I don't know. I feel like we'll probably split the gold later since we. I, I'd like to go make I mean, sure Baldur's. You can literally alive. just you can literally just say I split the gold, and then you guys can just take the gold if you want yeah. to. Well, for uh, RP, you know, we're trying to take we the time that. to. Yeah, Cosmo, I, I agree with you. I Cosmo's go... helping Rangroom with his counting with the gold. <laughs> there we go. Check on uh, our old friend Baldor, see if he's doing okay. Right. Then uh, Cosmo tucks him in his uh, bag of holding. And, uh, well, should we follow Baldor? Well, I mean, that's they had a fair point, John. Our real names on it or our false names on the trophy? Because we gave them Your false names. Your fake names are on the trophy for sure. Absolutely. Good, good, good. Mr. Rock and Dale, Dale and uh, yeah, and Poops McGee. Poops McGee, that's what it was. That's what it was. Poops yep, McGee. Perfect. Uh, yep. Poops McRockdale. Uh, as we are, we walking away towards the med bay. Uh, yeah, you're heading over there. Um, so I want to do two all... things real quick. Uh, Glenn goes to Kosha real quick and says, "Kosha, I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to come back to this town. We'll uh, be committing some atrocities, but I, I need you to remember me." And he just like, as she just starts to say anything, he just goes, shh, and puts a finger to her lips and turns around and walks away. 
And then with Mage Hand, picks up the dagger that's all twisted and destroyed and pockets that. Uh, yeah, Kosha, who I think skin color is generally green with her, but then she has her red, red uh, hair. I think that her face uh, turns uh, blushes pretty, uh, a pretty good red color. And uh, she is, uh, she's kind of like, you see her kind of like busy herself with her work, uh, just kind of like trying to keep, you know, trying to pretend like it, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> maybe not as hot and bothered as, as she might be. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so you all uh, kind of head off to the side into the towards the door that you saw. Um, and I think that there are a few bays. Uh, so when you're going over here, you see there's a few doors that are kind of similar and you head into the one that you saw uh, Baldur uh, get pulled into. And when you go in there, you can see that Baldur is on a, the, a table in the middle of the room and you can see at least three uh, casters that are kind of around them uh, who are like channeling energy into him. And you can see that not only is like like you can see at this point like his shirt is like torn off like to the point where like it is frozen and cracked away like you can tell that whatever like clothing he had had on literally froze solid and probably just shattered off of him uh and so at this point like you can see that the corruption or the free the freezer like the basically the freezer burn the like uh frostbite is almost all the way up and like halfway over his chest and you can see that it is actually starting to it's creeping it's continuing to like progress and as you walk in, you can see one of these healers kind of turn to you and goes, "What are you? What are you doing in here? That's our we, need, we, we need to focus." And like as as you can see, they're like you see that kind of energy, like the white energy coming out of their hands. Uh, you can see it kind of like is dissipating from the person who's talking to you a little bit, and you can see the corruption uh, begin to kind of like creep a little bit faster uh, as as uh, one of the other uh, one of the other healers turns to them and is like, "You need to focus. We we're losing him." Brand group, sir. Anything? Yeah. Brand group's gonna just hop right in that uh, little circle, and um, I'd assume I'd have some general idea of what they're doing. If not, I'm just gonna immediately start casting like cure wounds at third level. Okay. Um, yes. So what what I would like for you to do is roll me two things. Uh, roll me a medicine check and roll me a religion check. Yes. 24 on the medicine check. Mm. Awesome. Uh, and it's a 13 on the religion. Okay. So what I'll what I'll give you is that on the medicine check, because of your high roll, you go you jump in and start casting cure wounds, and you're realizing that it's not making a difference because with your medicine check and like your knowledge of like bodily harm, you're realizing this is some sort of curse. And they're I, I, I they are attempting to keep to it at uh, to the uh, to the rest of the party. Uh, let them know this isn't just some regular old one boys. Because I don't know if this is the same thing that happened to you, but a boy Balder here's got some baleful curse on him. Uh, There's not much I can do for this right now. How do you get rid of a curse? You need the right type of magic. Well, what if you end the one who put the curse on them? Well, I think that might be a start. And uh, with as Cosmo does that, he pulls the axe off of his back and walks out of the tent. Sick. Okay. Uh, Glenn's gonna look over to like one of the people healing him. Says, "How much? How much time do we have?" 
without really any way to know exactly what this curse is, without knowing what like could be the counter curse, the most we can try to do is stabilize him at this point, but there's no way we're gonna be able to reverse it without actually knowing what this is. Um, it, unless we were to able to get someone here that actually has more knowledge of curses, this, this is a, just stabilizing it and maintaining it within this his arm and as far as the spread so far is about as good as we're gonna be able to do, but uh, I, I don't know what else. So whoever responded to me, Glenn's going to kind of take a step closer and go, listen, we're going to get you as much information as we can, but if this guy dies, you're next, and just turns and walks away and follows Cosmo out. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Okay, so you, where are you all heading? Um, I'm going to go... Uh, yes, to the first guard that I can see. Uh, so are you going out the front door? Because people are currently like, it's, I think that at this point, people have, it's starting to thin. People have already kind of like left the, for the most part, the most biggest throng of people have left. And there's like kind of people still filing down the two staircases that come uh, down by the front doors to that go to the upper levels for the seating. Um, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'd be looking for like a guard. Okay. This, um, and just approaching a guard and just, and would say, where do the patrons stay? Uh, the patrons, yeah, they, they stay a whole multitude of places, but I mean, what, uh, it's kind of a loaded question. What are, what are you looking for in particular? Oh, uh, Madam Marsh, where does she stay? Well, her quarters are technically here within within the arena, but uh, I honestly don't know whether or not she's there currently. I also, this is kind of, roll me a, roll me a persuasion check or intimidation, whichever one you want to do. This is privileged information you're asking for. From I was ready for you to tell Gardy me which one. I was ready for that, so uh, go with the persuasion. Um, it is an 18. Okay. Uh, yeah, so how are you how like give me give me some flavor there. How are you persuading uh, this fool? Uh right. Uh so my friend is at risk of dying and I believe she knows what the cure is. Well that that that's that's really intense. I mean, I I've I understand. I I've been through some some stuff too. So yeah, no, I don't want her I don't want your friend to be uh, if she can help at all. I, I mean, you're not going to get violent with her or anything like that, right? You know, this that I, I don't want this come back on me. But no, it all lands on me. You didn't answer my question about actually whether or not you're gonna be violent with her. Are you? Are you all? Are you in a good spot? You get, yeah. You're not gonna. Oh yes, I'm good. I just won the tournament. I'm all violented out. Uh, oh yeah, congratulations. That's that's wonderful. I just I'm just wanted to make sure. I just got this job. I really need it to you know. Old. I gotta I gotta send uh I gotta send fantasy Timmy to to you know to to fantasy uh to, to fantasy swordsmanship school. <laughs> I think I think here they just call it swordsmanship school. I don't th- I don't think they add fantasy. Right. Oh, it no, he, it's is. all pretend. It's all in his mind's eye. So it's just it's <laughs> so still Timmy's not even real. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's earning hey. money for a fake kid. That's good. That's healthy. <laughs> That's good. Uh, well, uh, honestly, last time, last time I, I saw her, uh, she had been uh, had actually left out through these doors heading out into the town. So I, I, I don't know if she's going to be up in her in her quarters, uh, but those would be in the higher levels up in the uh, up outside the just the top box. So but I, like I said, I just I saw her head out of the doors kind of behind the crowd of people. Uh, 
alongside the uh, your your departing uh, well the uh, the previous uh, victors of this tournament now uh, not so much. Well, all right. Well, uh, I'll uh, see if I can find her. Find her. Okay. Um, as you are, are, are you all heading out the front doors? Uh, oh, yes. Sorry. I must have misunderstood. I thought I was outside. Yeah, I think Lynn no. would have caught up with him by now, too. Okay. okay. Um, so so I think that as you all head out, I, I think you were just inside the front doors. And I think as you're going out the front doors, uh, you're kind of like slightly surrounded by people that are in the arena still, uh, a lot of which are like ooing and awing at you all. Uh, you definitely have like a level of like uh, fame within this town now. I think that that's like a... I think that's a pretty fair level. Like people, like the the commoners, the normal commoners are probably you'll have advantage on getting them to do things because like you all uh, are have just won this tournament that is extremely like central for this town and what it's focused on. Um, but I think as you're going out the front doors, you can already see that they are hard at work, uh, basically tearing down the statue of Madame Marsh and her yes. team. Uh, they are kind of like pulling that thing down and. Uh, kind of dragging it away. And you can see that there's a very old dwarf uh, that is just like literally at fear of tripping on his beard uh, that is kind of directing this whole thing uh, as a bunch of other kind of like guards are helping to remove and drag the statue off to the side. Um, I think so, based on passive perceptions, uh, Rangrim and uh, <laughs> Rangrim and Glenn, uh, I think that you both notice off to your right, uh, kind of down the one of the alleyways, uh, probably towards where Gildy would be, the soothsayer, uh, you notice that you see the familiar kind of cloak of the, like a red strider cloak uh, of a pretty tall and uh, broad figure kind of stumble out of one of the alleyways and kind of walk like walk away from you down this alleyway and they don't seem to be walking at a, like in any way, shape or form peril does not seem to be uh, healed in any way. He seems to be very, very much injured. I just grab Cosmo by the, the back of his armor. Like as he's like kind of looking around and I just start walking and I just drag him and I imagine Rangram and I both kind of caught direction of it and mm-hmm. oh, found us a lead and just start like dragging cosmo um and as we start making moves towards him since there's a little bit of a, a distance be like uh looks the guy says we uh we're gonna want to take this one a little slower than usual and a little more quiet than usual because we don't uh we're heroes we don't need to be drawing too much attention right well, i mean i don't know if we are yet almost maybe but as far as these people are concerned we're the, the most holy thing walking through this town right now yeah, you got a good point. And uh, I mean, he is pretty well beat up. I don't think we have to really uh, make too much of a hassle about it. Maybe we can just like poke and prod him where Cosmo was uh, smashing all his guts in. I think I heard at least six of his ribs break. We could just kind of poke him in them. Yeah, well, elves were not even born with all our ribs. So that's just, it's a limited number as is. But well, all we need to know is where Meta Marsh is. And uh, I feel like he's had his beaten. But uh, maybe he knows where she'll be. So can we can we case him until he gets like towards an alleyway kind of like opportunity to more or less yeah. jump him? Yeah, yeah. You all um, just because I don't think that he's in his right state of mind. I think he can all roll stealth with advantage. Gonna need, so does that mean I just get one if I have disadvantage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, cool. We just get a straight roll. 
Six. Uh, dirty 20 for me. Cheater. <laughs> so nice not having disadvantage on stealth rolls. That would be a 16 for me. Nice. Not bad. You'll have to roll good. Okay. 13. Not bad. I think that um, I think that both of uh, both of Rangrim and Glenn kind of look like look over at Cosmo, who's just like armor is clinking together. I think the axe is kind of sitting unsteadily on your back, like kind of scraping against your armor a little bit uh, with it, like it's serrated edges because like you're not used to it being on your back. You just kind yeah. of is thrown it over your shoulder. Um, but I think you all are t- keeping enough of a distance from him. Uh, you I aren't trying to get super close. That I think that like what? How far away are you trying to stay? Like 100 feet. So, I mean, Glenn's done this. Yeah, Glenn's done this uh, at least a thousand times. Um, He would be keeping the distance, you know, within his striking range, like within 30 feet. And the second that there's like a a moment of vulnerability, Glenn's going to, you know, close the distance and effectively make the first move. Rangrim would be staying further behind Glenn, letting Glenn definitely take the lead, but... Rangrim is essentially trying to not lose sight of Glenn, assuming Glenn isn't losing sight of right. Carol. Okay, so I yeah, and I think that that with the roles that you all did, I think the only way I can justify that he wouldn't have seen or heard Cosmo would have been to like have Glenn. If you want to go up like within thirty feet, and the boys are within like kind of between sixty and like like between that, like maybe fifty feet back, something sure. like that. Sure. Um, that way he doesn't hear them. Uh, but yeah, so you all kind of follow him down this alleyway and surprisingly enough, kind of similar to the spot where you actually ran into the soothsayer in this, in this similar location, this alleyway, uh, you see suddenly appearing kind of in front of, and it kind of starts slowly at first and then it kind of builds. You see this kind of like spiraling of this fog and then you see the the spiraling of the fog like lift out of the ground and instead of doing like the spiral that threw you all back and like kicked you out of it last time the kind of like expulsion uh uh like ball of, of whatever smoke that came out last time you see this thing rise out of the ground and as it does uh it spirals up around peril lifting him up into the air and just like kind of like holding him aloft with his arms down at his side and it's just like almost like restraining him completely but lifting holding him at least five feet in the air uh and then you see another pillar of that smoke rise up from the ground and drop, and you can see that Madame Marsh is there. Uh, and she's probably a good 20 feet in front of Peril, which would make her, like, you know, 50 feet from Glenn, uh, and, you know, whatever, 70-ish feet from the boys. Uh, right. So. Glenn's, Glenn's gonna kind of signal to the guys to, to hold distance, and Glenn's gonna try to find, like, maybe, like, a box, or you know, a corner to kind of tuck so he can see what's happening without drawing, without drawing her attention. Um... Would Cosmo see her at 70 feet? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, now that we actually see Madame Marsh, uh, like, he does see Glenn's notion to stop, but doesn't stop. Hell he yeah. continues to dredge on and now has, um, does have that axe drawn again. So Glenn's gonna, like, kind of, I picture there's maybe like a T of buildings and Glenn's going to kind of like put his back to where the rest of the group is coming or sorry where Madame Marsh and Peril are and he's seeing Cosmo kind of walking towards him and it's like Cosmo's about to walk right past him but Glenn's kind of ducking out of the way for the minute um, getting the hell out of the way with the giant the <laughs> stone axe, axe. yeah um, uh, are they just floating forward or they were, I know they were floating like up and moving but 
Peril's like restrained in the air right now, right? Yes, he's five feet up in the air being restrained uh, by this like smoke cloud. Does it, does it seem like a struggle? It seemed kind of like a loose restraint. Uh, no, they seem like he seems like he's basically like it is. It's completely held his torso up and his arms are free, but like he he's like his whole body is encapsulated within this like smoke pillar. Got it. And he doesn't uh, seem like he can move. Um. Okay, so they are not moving. Like they're just floating. Yeah, they're they're just yeah. Are, is she saying something to him? So yes. So, um, are you like so you're continuing to just walk forward though? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I have something I'm gonna do, but if there's right. something going on, like I'll let you. Otherwise, Rang- uh, but Rangram, what are what are you doing? Uh, well, well, Rangram kind of sees Cosmo just like death stare, recognizing as Madame Marsh, pulling out the. Uh, was it chisel? Is the the great axe mm-hmm. pulling out chisel and walking forward at first? He, it was like Cosmo. We should. We gotta. Um. And Rangram goes up, oh, screw it, and he pulls out his uh, warhammer and his shield, and he's just following behind Cosmo, looking as menacing as possible. When Cosmo gets just next to Glenn, like at the like as he's just walking past him, gets closer to Madame Marsh. Glenn's gonna quickly just slap him on the back, and he casts enlarge. <laughs> On Cosmo. Oh, okay. Um. All right. So I think that I think that we're gonna have some things happen in quick succession here. So I I, I think that as you all are like moving up and are like as Madame Marsh's focus is on peril, uh, you do just kind of like while running or hearing or, or walking up or whatever you're doing, um, you hear a conversation with Madame Marsh, but, and she's talking to Peril, uh, who is not responding, and goes, Well, you are very disappointing, Peril. I guess that your cherished heartstone will have to be healed all on its own. And uh, as she kind of, like, as she's saying this, she looks over, like, past Peril and sees you all and goes... Ah, well, it looks like the victors are not tired of playing their game yet. And she turns towards you all and raises an, uh, raises a hand, and I need you all, or anyone that is within, that is charging her currently, I need you all to make wisdom saving throws. If I'm, if I'm tucked against a wall, behind a wall, if she can't necessarily see me, would I need to still make a wisdom saving throw? Roll me a good old stealth check, my guy. Uh, a lot. 26. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think that that, I think that she doesn't see you. I think that you're, uh, you're kind of hidden behind, like, out of sight based on, like, I think line of sight is broken because of peril. I think you're kind of lined up with that. So I, I don't think that she can see you. Uh, but she can FOC Rangrim and Cosmo. Unless you, you and guys are rolling stealth checks. Yeah, and large Cosmo. She absolutely sees that. I think as you guys are moving forward, he gets big and that's kind of when she stops talking. Um, Cosmo's got a fat 23. 23? Okay. I did good. I have a plus 8 to my wisdom saves. I got a dirty 20. Okay. I got a plus 8 too. I guess with a plus 4, you get 24. So, as you all are charging at her, you see that from the ground, like this this spiraling vortex of, of, of wind comes out again, and you all 
just fucking barrel into it. And like, you feel like you're, there's magic that's trying to like pull you out and throw you in different directions. And you don't know which way is up and which way is down, but you just keep going forward, both of you like charging through this thing. And when you come out the other side, you collide with uh, the the form of peril that's like being held up in the air uh, and like knock him like kind of sideways out of the smoke that is holding him. Uh, and you see a very surprised Madame Marsh uh, standing in front of you. That is like maybe within 15, 20 feet. Uh, what are you wanting to do? You said within 15 or 20 feet of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you witch. Uh, Rangroom is going to bound over Peril, being a little smaller than Cosmo, who I assume is taking up most of this alley. Mm-hmm. And he's going to... This is probably going to fail, because I think I know what you're going to make me do. But I'm going to hop over Peril and attempt to like slide past Madame Marsh to get behind her. And directly from behind her, I'm going to cast whole person. Okay. So I need, I, nice. I, I'm trying to decide whether it's an acrobatics or an athletics. And I, I think that, I think it's an athletics cause you're doing a baseball, you're doing a baseball slide. So roll me an athletics check. Cool. 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 Uh, awesome. I was really hoping you were going to make that uh, the other way. So that is a 16. Okay. Um, so I need to roll a, I think that, so I, I think that you're able to, I think you're able to do it. And I think that, but I think that Madame Marsh is like aware that you didn't do it like secretly, like you kind of slid past her. Um, and so you're casting hold person on her. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. What, what is the save on that? Uh, it's a wisdom save, DC 16. Okay. Right. Wisdom save. Let me just, let me just double check. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Sounds wisdom right. save. That is only a 10 plus three. That's 13. Ooh. Ooh. She is now paralyzed. 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 Like, it is the worst so, thing. I mean, be. technically, Fester was paralyzed. Oh, nice. man. Written. Paralyzed. <laughs> like, yeah, like twice. Yeah, like two yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see, uh, Rangram, you, you slide past Madame Marsh and raise your. Uh, yeah. How did you. How, what does it look like when you cast this? So I kind of did like a really, really cool slide around her i was i was convinced you were going to make me do a deck save and i was going to look real dumb doing this but i kind of like after we barrel through i was like hop over peril's body like leaning on my shield to slide on the floor then hop up to get my footing i just put my hand directly on the back of her head and she just falls directly to her knees paralyzed and is restrained shit dude yeah um Okay. Yeah. Uh, she is absolutely, uh, yeah, she is, she is on her knees and is just like basically frozen and is kind of just looking up at you all. And like, you can just see the, her face is livid just with anger. Like it, there's this like smoke and like frost that is just like whipping off of her at this point. And I think that like it, it as she's getting angrier, like it is just, it, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more apparent that uh, how, how upset she is based on this like kind of frost vapor effect coming off of her. So one thing before Cosmo goes, Glenn, once he sees her go down, Glenn would just reposition himself and probably try to go rooftop if they're like not super tall buildings. Like he would just be yeah. kind of watching from above. Yeah, roll me an acrobatics check. Happily. Uh, 15. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that you don't make it up there super gracefully, but I think you find like a, 
Uh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I think you're able to get up there without uh, without too much trouble. Um, so you have a restrained Madame Marsh in front of you who's extremely angry uh, and a peril who seems to be uh, unconscious, uh, just kind of like on the ground. And uh, what are you all doing? Um, Cosmo, oh, I guess... I don't even know if he's aware of peril. It's not really entirely relevant. Um, but, uh, so which sees you've cursed our patron. I'm willing to find out if killing you removes that curse, unless you have something you want to say. I don't even know if she can talk during hold person. I uh, think she needs to be able to, <laughs> otherwise it's going to be a bad interrogation. Technically, she's um, paralyzed. She can't move or speak. Oh, well, I guess. She... Here comes that mostly five E. Mostly five E. Mostly five E. Indeed. Are you cool, Rangren? Five E part for the listeners at home. Yeah. Are you, uh, Dan? Are you cool if uh, if uh, she can speak? As long as she doesn't yeah, cast totally anything cool. verbally. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, yeah. That's totally fine. But there's like two spells in the whole game that are only yeah, verbal. I think. Do the rest of it. True. Uh, yeah, she needs to do her, her jitsus, jitsus. But um, yeah, no, uh, I think that she looks up at you <laughs> and, and just, uh, I think she just kind of like does that dry, like, <laughs> yes, your, it seems that your, your friend Baldur got a little bit of a, a taste of what should have been coming to him years ago. But, well, I suppose he was just trying to fend us while you cheated from above. Ah, cheating is such a harsh term. I prefer to just consider it improving my odds. Oh, yeah, well, that's still cheating. That's, 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 not, that's not a very good description of why you would do it. You just said I cheated. It was just longer. Well, uh, at this point, in front of her with his legs crisscrossed, just like looking at her and smoking one of his boot cigarettes. Amazing. Oh, the just like kind of like ashing in her general direction or on her like, like on her robes, just like very rudely. That's amazing. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, when you ash on her and you notice that uh, when the ash like would be landing on her, it seems to kind of like freeze and fall to the ground like little pieces of snow. That's super cool. Terrifying, but really cool. Hate making decisions like this. This is why I appreciate having dice. So, you all are very threatening and terrifying when someone is held and bound at your will, but what do you intend to do? Because killing me, will, or trying to kill me, will only make you a powerful enemy. We keep making those. When people keep saying like that exact sentence to us, Cosmo usually smashes a head and then nothing comes of it. So I think we might just keep doing it. You do see, and like he like looks up at like enlarged Cosmo holding the axe that she totally knows can petrify people. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking a lot of smack for someone who's going to get like turned into stone and I'm going to take a piece of you home and then we're going to chisel it out and we're going to make this little guy a friend. And he points to Tony. Tony. <laughs> well done. Well uh, done. It did turn yeah. off, right? Okay, 
you can you can have my inspiration from last episode um i guess go ahead unless you have anything i'll go what i'm curious about is which one of you is going to be joining your patron in the afterlife and uh cosmo he just says well i guess i'll just have to improve my odds and he's gonna hit her yes oh, okay such a good line love it god um glenn is so proud he's hitting what? her with chisel yeah he's hitting her with chisel for sure um with advantage because uh, you're yeah absolutely no for AF sure and she's prone af oh yeah so it, he rolls with advantage and if he hits it insta crits yes Yes. So it insta crits, uh, which provokes chisel. Yes. Okay, just checking. That's a dirty twenty to hit. Dirty twenty. Uh, yes, that does hit. Um, so roll your damage because shit's about to get whack. Uh, uh it's and- a dirty twenty. Uh, I'll, yeah, we'll call it that. Okay, I'm only gonna. I'm only using one of my attacks of my action. That makes sense. Yeah, you're only yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, it's a D12 damage. You said. Uh yes, uh yes, it's D12. Yeah, doubled. the axes yes. are more all or nothing than the great swords. It's doubled because it counts as a crit. Right, right. I don't expect her to die on one slice. Let's be honest. I'm mostly just trying to see if she gets petrified. Curious as well. Um, and then I just add my. Just like any other weapon. It, yeah, I'm just... Okay, yeah, so just plus four. So it's... The dice is an eight, so it's 16 plus four Six. plus one? Yes. Yep, okay. 21. Yep. Okay, 21. 21! Cover all bingo! Much okay. Sorry, I was um, like, I'm so improvising on this weapon, I don't even know what I'm doing. How close... So Rangram and Cosmo are within five feet of her, like, standing right in front of her. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cosmo, I need you to make me a... Uh, I need... Well... I need Cosmo to make me a Constitution saving throw with uh, disadvantage. I need Rangram to make me one just straight up and down. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of saving throw? Constitution. On saves, baby. On saves. Uh, you get plus four because you're within 10 feet of me. That's amazing. That was a 27. That's nice. pretty fucking good. <laughs> so. I just like to think there's like a nice warm breeze next to Cosmo always. Like that's like the plus four. It's just like really positive and like sunshine. Um, <laughs> like everything else feels cold, but just like once you get within 10 feet of him, it's just like, oh, this is nice. All right. Oh, so I have nice. uh, disadvantage is a 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. My advantage was a 26. So. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> you, as you smash down with this axe and you like, hit madame marsh who's kind of you know not a super big form she's like this this she has you can't see her face it's covered by the veil she's wearing those black and red kind of like swirl ring robes and then her like she has these spiraling horns coming out and has those like yellow amber slit eyes and as she's looking up at you uh and kind of smirking like oh i guess you can't see your smirk because she has a veil in front of her face um you hit, you can see this you hit noise. yeah she's smizing uh you hit down on you hit down with this this great axe that you are not really super comfortable hitting with uh but like and as you hit down on madame marsh like you hit this resistance that is just like 
you're holding it and trying to like force it through and you can see the axe is like there's ice and like uh frost that is just creeping up around it and like this area that you're hitting her you can see the 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 smoke and the frost is kind of like parting and like trying to force you away and as you're able to get through you pierce through this and slice her across the chest and shoulder with this axe and as it that as you break through that frost barrier it explodes outward and hits both you and Rangrim, uh, just like absolutely like it's it's like a it's like a small think of a, like a fireball, but the opposite because it's just ice. It just like freezes you instantly, like a flash freeze. Um, but because you saved, you only take twenty two damage from it. Damn, only, only. But you, I mean, you're like your face, like your eyes, like you're instantly just like you you don't know what's going on, but you can feel that that axe bit into her. Cosmo, I need you to make me a very, very important um, wisdom saving throw. I cast bless. I can't do that, but like in my heart. My heart of hearts. My heart of hearts. Heart of can cards. I throw I just can made I... a um, con check to, to um, I, I saved to still hold, hold, hold person. Can I give okay. Cosmo my inspiration from last episode for realsies though? Because you're technically allowed to pass inspiration. I, I think, how about this? I will retroactively give Cosmo inspiration for making Toby. Tony. And, and I'll, Tony. And I'm going nice. I'm, I'm to give, Rangr- I'm gonna give uh, Dan Rangrim uh, inspiration for coming up with the name Tony. Right, yes. So we all have inspiration. I'm, all what have does inspiration. inspiration do? I've never had this. It gives before. you advantage. Gives you advantage. <laughs> but you, you use you just, advantage. You just use yeah. it. Okay. All right. Cool. Using it. You also have your coin. I know. I was oh, yeah, thinking that. I was thinking that. three times. Thinking. So it was a wisdom saving throw. Yes. Real strong. Uh, to twenty-two. Okay, Rangrim, you look over at Co- as as you're kind of like your eyes are blinking away. This like frost that has just blasted you. I think you're just like your beard is frozen. Everything's like everything's frozen. You have icicles sticking straight up the back of your head. Uh, and you look over and you see this like blackness, the same kind of blackness, the frostbite that you saw on. Baldor, you see it start to kind of like creep uh, over like Cosmo's face, like from his nose out. And then you see it kind of like stop and you see it recede and disappear. Uh, but you almost got the same kind of curse that is on Baldor. Uh, and I'm going to make a save right now for whether or not Chisel uh, is going to petrify Madame Marsh. So I rolled a 14 and she has a plus two. Yeah, so she, uh, you, you basically, like, you can see that there's this, like, massive rent in, like, there's just, like, a big gouge in her, uh, in, in kind of her robes that she's wearing, and you can see that, like, her skin beneath it is, like, this kind of dark maroon, and then, like, her, there's just, like, blood that is seeping into her robes, and you don't see her start to turn to stone. Um, but she is breathing heavily, uh, and her armor, like, this, this magical armor around her is kind of, like, it's like kind of seemed like it's kind of slightly broken where you hit her and it's kind of like freaking out and like smoking a lot in that area. Uh, kind of like a, yeah, like it's like kind of like dry ice. It's like mending itself back together almost. Mm -hmm. Um, Cosmo, he just kind of like pulls his, I mean, obviously all of this kind of happening really fast. He kind of pulls his ax up and it's just like anything changed for you yet? If you kill me, your patron dies. Uh, insight check. Okay. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn would for sure insight check that as well. Just watching from above. 
Oh, that's pretty much pretty good. Ooh, uh, hell yeah. Dirty 20. 22 total. So Glenn, would, uh, Glenn would want to know if that part was true. If if whether or not she dies, anyone cursed by her dies. So I think that you don't think she's lying. And I think the insight you glean is that the meaning is that you won't know how to turn it, how to fix it, <laughs> and that he'll just die. Uh, okay. Cosmo, can you do anything? I mean, I, I can actually, like, I, I can get rid of curses and stuff. I just need to, like, sleep for a while and, like, th- no, like think about it. It's a very long way for me to say I don't have that spell prepared and I'm very cold. <laughs> Tell me how to solve it and I'll let you live. I think, I think she's kind of weighing things over in her head. I'm going to roll a... What I do. I just end up waiting. Just like, I can't decide, so I let the dice decide for me. Like, I see your offer, and I accept. Fake. The, the curse upon your patron will run its course within 24 hours. As soon as I am free to cast my spells, I will end the curse upon Baldur. Uh, have my word. Yeah, insight the fuck out of that. <laughs> I believe. I believe none of that from start to finish. <laughs> I'm not really uh, sure. 20, nope, 19? What are we doing? Who am I? 19. <laughs> um... I, uh, with a 19, I'm going to roll for her. I think that, I think that you believe that she can't cast this spell without being unfrozen or un, un, you know, paralyzed, but also that she might not leave, like that might not be all she wants to do once she's free. <laughs> so I think there, I think that you think she's telling the truth that she can't cast it without being unfrozen, but also sure. like, sure. Perfect. It, it, yeah. Uh, so Glenn from the rooftop, um, when she says this and is kind of like looking to Cosmo is holding the ax, looks to her and goes, oh man, I've, I've always loved a good loophole and he's going to pull uh, Joro's rapier out. And he's going to drop down on her and just right where the crack in her like magic armor is, he's going to pierce the rapier right through there and just like try to disembowel her. Okay. Roll, uh, roll an attack. Uh, roll. So roll me, uh, roll me acrobatics first and then roll me an attack. Acrobatics was a nat 20. Nope. Damn, that would have been the attack. attack. (laughs) (laughs) But she's pro. It's an an instant, instant crit anyway, if you hit. Yeah. Right. You just got to hit. Okay, so my best was 16 plus 9. <laughs> so 25 to hit. Leave or not. What? I think yeah. it's a plus 1 rapier, right? His wasn't anything. So I'm not attuned to it. I was just holding it for him. Okay. Well, that, don't you only have to be attuned to magical weapons? Is it a magical weapon? Uh, it's a plus 1. Oh, so it is a it is a magical weapon. Yes. Yeah. You haven't okay. used this rapier yet at all. You haven't you haven't tuned yourself to it? I don't think so. I think I was more holding onto it for him from okay. the, like, out of respect. I was not going to use it until I no longer had my double blade scimitar. Roll me, um, just roll me, hmm. Roll me an arcana check. Okay. Oh, 
wow. Jeez, I'm rolling really, really well. Natural 17, a dirty 20. Okay. That'd be my best Arcana check. I rolled this today. whole fucking campaign. Okay, so this is dope. Um, as you dive down off the uh, off the top of this building and just like absolutely like dragoon lance into uh, Madame Marsh, uh, you feel like you feel like just this kind of like familiarity kind of rush over you, and it's like this weird like feeling of nostalgia, like when you would be seeing like you suddenly just like think of of um Jorah. like just suddenly like you just have like familiarity like all of a sudden it's like huh like like when you see a, an old friend after sure. a very long time as you dive down and bury this rapier into this like chink in her armor uh and i uh, yeah roll me uh roll me damage and add uh hmm, i think add two d8s to that oh boy okay so i was also going to pile on a booming blade so if she chooses to move she's going to get detonated okay. so four that's you want me to add two dd8 mm-hmm. so it's 48 total plus four d6 for my plus double uh, damage attack. because it's a crit it's an it's an instant crit <laughs> oh jesus okay 21 on the d8s this all right let me get my calculator out and just go ham 18 on the d6s so 39 on the dice roll so 78 plus 78 <laughs> plus go. 6 nine, uh, 84 uh do i have any other bonuses yeah 84 damage and she is currently booming the fucking blade like she is she is coursing with just like thunderous energy God, I hope we don't instantly regret this. Like, God. So, as you dive this sword down on her and bury it within her, like, into her shoulder in this wound that was already... uh, I'm I'm trying to go, like, clavicle to hip bone. Like, I'm aiming for every organ that I know about. You bury this thing... Some that I've never even heard of. You bury this thing, like, at a diagonal angle through her and you hear, like... You just hear her scream, and as like, are you letting go of the sword? Or are you holding nope. on to it? Um, yeah, I'm just okay. like stirring I, the stirring the make, pot too. I need you. I need you to make me a con, <laughs> a con saving throw at disadvantage, and yeah, then I need false. my. I, I need our boys to do a con saving throw just straight up and down. You get a d. Yeah. You, get, you get plus four to your con saves. Twenty one total. It's wait. What do you need from me now? I'm sorry. Uh, just a con save, straight up and down. Just, okay. 19 for my concept. But not a disadvantage one, just a normie one? Not, yeah, you guys get straight up and down. Uh, Glenn just got disadvantage. Oh, sorry. Actually, I'm going to use my inspiration. I like that roll. I'm going to use my inspiration to keep that one straight up and down. Okay, that's I'm fine. not going to, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to get any higher than a 50. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, Good roll. Um, mine's a 16. I had a 21 total. Okay. Uh, what'd you get, Rangram? Uh, 19. Okay. Okay, so the only one that's not going to make it is going to be Cosmo. Um, does enlarge double my hit points? No, you get a plus. Uh, you no, get a you plus, plus forty your weapon attack, a plus a d forty weapon attacks, and I think you get a advantage on all strength. Advantage on all strength. Yes, that's okay. what it is. Um, boy, am I going conscious? Glenn, Glenn. Uh, so, uh, Glenn and Rangrim, uh, you made the saves. Uh, you, as you bury this thing into uh, Madame Marsh the explosion of that ice uh, comes off again and Glenn like I think you're surprised that it doesn't hit you more but I think that you're in this like 
rent in the armor that it kind of goes around you a little bit more. It doesn't hit you fully. Uh, and you take 24 damage, Rangrim, you take 24 damage, and Cosmo, you take 48 damage. As this, like, it, I think whatever blasted past Glynn, like, kind of hits you directly in the face. Uh, and uh, Glenn, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, no, 13. Plus four. Uh, oh, 17. Okay. <laughs> you just do it. You just no pull it by the fucking, like, by the skin oh, of your no. teeth. You're able to pull that off. Um, I think, yeah. So this is what happens. Cosmo, did you go, did you go unconscious? Are you still up? I go unconscious. <laughs> so this... Yeah, so what happens is, uh, Glenn, you smash this thing down into her uh, it, at an angle. It, it dives right through her. She screams. This this uh, frost armor around her explodes, blasting all of you. Uh, I think behind you, you hear Cosmo kind of collapse Enlarged. to the ground. Yeah, just kind of, you hear a heavy form hit the ground uh, that as you're like, you guys are both like just covered in these ice crystals again. Rangrim, at this point, you're basically just like a snowman. Uh, <laughs> I, picture, I picture Tony like, Tony, like trying to hold Cosmo up. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, you see the uh, this black like corruption start to this frostbite start to creep up your arms as you're holding onto this this uh, sword, and you're like just you, you, I think you're just so focused on just like putting it in there, and you just give it one final twist, and as you do, Madame Marsh's scream stops, and she just explodes into a cloud of vapor uh, that is just like, and she is just gone. Like there is nothing left. Her robe, I think, and some of her, like, I think whatever she was wearing falls to the ground. Uh, but I think that whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever was Madame Marsh, whatever uh, form that she was in uh, is just gone. Do, do, does Glenn interpret that as dead or does Glenn interpret that as she, she blinked the fuck out and ended up somewhere else? So roll me a, hmm, roll me a history check, I think. For like history of races and stuff like that within D. This is insane. I got a nat twenty. Uh twenty-three total. Uh I'm you would so know afraid of my dice now. <laughs> it's all gonna be so, ones from here on out. So I don't know how much uh I don't know how much uh Glenn has had to do in the past with the creatures of the lower like the lower planes, the the demons, the devils, things of that sort. Uh you would know that when creatures of that sort are destroyed on the prime material plane they are not they're not dead dead but they go back to whatever plane they came from and are basically trapped there for a period of time and then can eventually return but cool uh, (laughs) that's so sick you have uh sent demon (laughs) you've sent madame marsh back to uh whatever plane she came from to your best guess oh fuck That's the one book that Glenn read uh, in the library at Luther's Legends. Yep. It was the one, like the one that he got time to actually read. And it's like, yeah. demons in you. <laughs> demons in you. Demons for dummies. Yeah. Demons for if dummies. You, a guide to the nine hells and more. If you <laughs> impale them and they disappear, you're fucked. Cool. Uh, uh, Ringram as a popsicle, seeing all this happen, is going to like look over, seeing her just gone. Um, and he's going to like, I'm going to like with my hammer, just like, lift her rove up and start like look like i'm like peeking under it like um glenn i don't i have no idea how you did that i just that, that's kind of a usual thing for me they all just kind of just disappear we should probably take care of him and i have not dropped in large yet so it's just a giant sleepy cosmo <laughs> <laughs> we uh i, I guess ringer's like still very confused but i'm gonna 
take a robe. I'm going to sling that over my shoulder as I go over and I will make a, uh, instead of, I'm not even going to make a medicine check. I'm just going to straight up cast Cure Wounds on Cosmo at second level. Okay. Unless you want yeah, me to make a medicine check to stabilize him first. It's it's up to you. I mean, I think he's, if you want to just cast Cure Wounds, it's I'll totally just cast fine. Cure second level, 2d8 plus 5 for Cosmo. Sweet. Well, uh, that's 15 uh, HP you get back, Cosmo. Once Cosmo's back up, Blint says, well, what do you guys want to do about him? Points over to Peril, who's asleep on his back. Yeah, I think he's still, I think he's still out. I don't think you need to, he's not like dying. I think he's just, he's just unconscious. So you can well, wake him up or leave him. Well, uh, what we saw, what I heard before, it sounds like he was a pawn to this witch, which, uh, judging by the fact that there's no dead body, confirms my suspicion. I agree with you. I also think there's probably a, a piece of her story that's true that uh, we're not done with this curse. We're going to have to figure that out for but, Baldur. Um, Cosmo will... Uh, hold on. Dice. Dice. Please hold. Dice, man. Dude, every time. Well, at least the last two times. Uh, so Cosmo will bend down and um, expel. Or at Wait, least... as he's doing that, Glenn's going to drop and grab his hand real quick. Because I'm guessing his hand's going to start glowing in a healing manner. Yep. And he's going to go, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. He might have answers. We he still need have an answer. To the curse? Sounds like he was just as much under the curse as Baldor is. I think we've given him enough sympathy. Maybe a night in the gutters will be good for him. All right. I think you're right. And uh, he just takes that glowing hand and he turns it towards his own chest <laughs> and uh, replenishes his own HP. And as, Cosmo as... touches himself in a very public place. <laughs> no, no, no. We're just amongst friends right now. Fine. <laughs> it's not that public. Uh, and as Cosmo kind of... alley, which is weird, but... I mean, that's where most people touch themselves. They're going to do it in public, to be honest. That's where I... Never mind. Uh, as, <laughs> as Cosmo stands up, uh, Glenn's still kneeling next to Peril. He's like, besides, they're a lot easier to pick clean once they're asleep. And Glenn loops the fuck out of Peril. Makes everything oh, wait. that's not okay. bolted down. Wait, wait, me too. But Rangrim's going to run over. And while Glenn is running his pockets, uh, Rangrim is going to write, I'm a huge dork on Peril's forehead. Okay. Dig it. With what? Um, the end of his cigarette. So he's just, it's ash. Oh, just ashing it. Like, oh. Ashing it on his forehead. And it's Amazing. like spelled wrong. It looks like, you know, when you know when Hagrid? you sign a toddler's birthday card for their grandmother and you yeah. write it that way. That's Left-handed. how handed yeah. writing looks yeah. in common. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's happy birthday, Harry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Glenn takes him for literally anything that's not attached to him physically. <laughs> Uh, he's um, gonna leave the armor because I was all rusted to shit. But like, yeah, I don't think it's even on him at this point. I think yeah. the armor fell off. He's uh, in the gutter with "I'm a dork" written on his forehead. That guy had a wicked bad day. <laughs> but I want to make I want to make note that Glenn's not doing this for valuable. It's Glenn's doing this to like cripple him. Like he is taking anything that looks important. If there's mm-hmm. family photos, if there's like, a <laughs> wedding ring, like Glenn is crushing this guy. Uh, I will need to. 
kind of figure that out, uh, what sure. you exactly took off of him. So we can, you can make can, all of that up. I don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll have to connect. Uh, we'll have to connect. Uh, you know, if I could steal his memories, screen. I would. I just don't have that power. <laughs> Fuck That's parent. fair. Probably would be doing him a favor at this point. He's probably no, that's even worse. Take all his memories except for everything but the murder. So we just constantly think he's killed somebody and has no idea why. <laughs> oh god. Oh that's okay. the worst version of sun's eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. That's at yeah, some exactly. point on a certain level of vengeance that uh, Cosmo can get behind. But Ugh. um Cosmo does not participate in the looting, but more or less is focused on figuring out how to save Baldor. I think uh I think resources within within town I, I mean Jargot seems to not even really have to deal with our plane of existence he might have an idea on some otherworldly curses or maybe our future seeing friend I mean she I don't even know what she's capable of but she might that, be able to help uh, us That alchemist seemed to have many options in front of her but Brangram uh, also said that he just needs a day if we can, if we can get Baldor through the night, maybe Rangroom can take care of this curse. If you keep him alive through the night, I, I, I might be able to actually help that um, annoying bastard. I can't believe I'm saying this right now, but uh, yeah, I, I think I can help. I just gotta focus on my spellcasting so that I could actually, uh, you know, do that one. Is that something that, you know, with some time you might be able to, like, cast ritually? Or is that something you have to actually go to sleep in order to remember how to do? That's a good I'd question. have to spend the day focusing on it in the morning, so I had everything prepared to do Even if so. you ritual cast? I don't know how that works between... Because isn't wizards, like, as long as it's in their book, they can ritual cast it? Only some uh, wizards spells are ritual. Don't, yeah, they don't have to prepare their spells. I have to okay. prepare yeah, okay. spells every day. Well, we could try check with... Uh... The alchemist and see if she has anything for curses, but everything there costs so much. I don't know why. I mean, Jorgat may have something, but it was mostly enchanted items and things of that nature. But uh, I mean, Jorgat, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, a deal with one demon is a deal with another, right? If Jorgat really is from some other planes, maybe we give him enough gold and he gives us what he needs. I don't know. It's up to you. We can we can go visit Naga. She might have the answer. Well, and maybe if Jagat says he can't help us, we can say like, "Fine. Well, you got to help us a little bit. So give me some of your blood." And then we have that other potion that we wanted that does something. But it, it was, maybe but it's not we a can cool. convince him to give us some blood to save a friend. But we really just want it for as that other does. potion, as one does. Can you just imagine any other situation where someone walks up and like, I can have some blood. Well, I mean, people do it all the... Well, I imagine people don't do it all the time, but they like, hey, can I have your left kidney? You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You've never been in that situation. <laughs> oh, sorry. Digress. You know? um, okay, so we, we start with Naga... Or we start Naga's Kiss. Go there. Rangra, maybe we just kind of split. You go check Jargot. I think... Time is of the essence. Yes. Yeah, I can run. To, I can run over to, to Jargot. So he's a. I was a cat guy, right? And there's one whose bloods I want. So I'm gonna go there and I'll check him out. What, what um, do you first, say? I to see, did Madame Marsh drop anything else besides her cloak? 
I don't think so. I don't think there was any material belongings that 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 were there other than her just like her. I think there may be some some like like maybe some gold rings or jewelry that were on her horns, some sort of decoration, but there wasn't any kind of like magical items or anything like that that was left. Okay, well, Ranger would still take all of it, including the mm-hmm. the cloak, and the cloak itself is is not and magical. The mask and everything that she had. That mask was over her face, and none of those are are giving me any indication that they may be magical in some nature. Hmm. Uh, roll me a Arcana check. Natural twenty. Hell yeah! Uh, I think, I think you're. I, I think you're getting some. Uh, I think you're getting some vibes from that that mask. Uh, from the mask. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I would tell the boys. Well, I'm. I'm gonna catch up to Jagots um, in a second. Uh, but like, I gotta do a thing, and, and I'll be there. Uh, momentarily, and I'm gonna catch. I cast identify on the mask as a ritual. <laughs> Once I see him start that, Glenn just goes to Jargots. He's like, "We're gonna split the difference," and Glenn just like turns to start running. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. So when you cast identify on the mask, uh, you notice that what it is imbued with is actually the ability to take whatever language you are speaking through it and turn it into whatever language you want it to be. So you can have it basically whatever you speak into it. Like if you're speaking through it in dwarvish or in dwarvish or common or whatever, you could have it come out in abyssal on the other side if you wanted it to. That doesn't interpret. Sick. It doesn't interpret. It only. I was just, say, so that's a one-way street. So I can so, shout a language I don't understand at something. Yes. That is so on-brand Brangram. I love it. I <laughs> you just you just described every American. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Just assume everybody else knows English, yeah. and that you can one-way street your way through life. <clears throat> wow. Uh, yeah, Glenn. Glenn goes to Jargots, and I think Cosmo goes to Naga's. Sweet. Hers? I think for the name of that mask, I think we just need to call it the Mask of Many Voices. Yeah. Right. That's the faces. You got the voices. That tracks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally just pulled that out of my butt. Uh, so, wh- which one do we want to do first? Who wants to volunteer? Do you want to do Jargots, or we want to do uh, Nagas? Stop, uh, let's do Jargots first. Okay, uh, Rangram, uh, you are you just kind of heading heading on over straight in? Yeah, I, I thought um for some reason I thought the casting time for identify was much longer, but it's only a minute in with the ring of rituals. I have it's thirty, 30 seconds. seconds, so we no time to do that. So me and I'm just cool. right behind Glenn. I tell it to Jargots. Okay, uh, well, Glenn and Rangram are going to Jargots then. Correct. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Uh, you uh, both are able to get there, and you're just going right in the door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't, don't. Uh, Rangram's going to throw the door open and lead with, quick, I need some of your blood. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> hold, hold on. What? What's going on? Well, there's you, a lot uh, of things. Our friend Balder, he's cursed, and like, your blood could help, but can you also help with the curse? And your blood, can I have some? And can you help with the curse? Calm down, calm down. Now, you mentioned that Baldor, he's hes injured? What what has happened? How can I help? That that monster, Madame Marsh, man, she she put something gross, gross in him. He is twisting up and got these dark lines stemming from his hand all the way up to his shoulder. I kind of made her disappear this and like kind of holds up like the hilt of the rapiers like she's she's gone but we got to take care of him 24 hours probably what we have i understand i understand you what you're saying what you're describing sounds like some sort of 
curse. Is that what I can understand? That's what our friend here thinks, and kind of like not over a ring room. Yeah. Can you can you tell me more about this curse? What what kind of properties does it seem to contain? Uh, in detail, I explained. Well, I'm trying to do it some sort of reason. Yeah. Like she did this icing when we hit it, and it was like all this uh. ice everywhere. And that's what it looks like. It looks like he's frozen. Like was Cosmo the only creeping through his whole body? I think Cosmo Naga's was kiss. going to Nagas. Glenn, Glenn yeah. would explain what it felt like to fight off the curse, too. Okay. I understand. I understand. Just one second. Let me see what I can do. And he turns around, and I think from up higher on one of the shelves, he's grabbing. He, you can see that there is like this kind of collection and pile of these glass orbs of different varying sizes. And he grabs one that's like kind of baseball size, but it seems like this empty glass orb. Think of like a. Uh, Christmas ornament, mm. uh, but you can see completely through it. And he turns, he turns around and he kind of sets it on this, this like, it's like kind of this little tiny miniature pedestal. Uh, that's like this point that is, there's like this glass, uh, it, or there's like this cloth underneath it. And there's like this point that's hanging up of this like little needle and he sets it on there and it kind of balances. And you see Jargot start to channel some sort of spell that, is like this greenish blue kind of color. And as he's doing it, the energy seems to go into the glass orb and stays contained within and is floating around like it's this kind of smoke, uh, this like greenish uh, blue smoke. And as he's done channeling it, he uh, kind of picks it up with his clawed kind of backwards hand uh, and gives it, it basically, yeah, uh, hands it, like reaches it out towards you and says, now hurry, we don't have much time. You need to smash this over Baldor, and it should do the job. Uh, Glenn's going to, with Mage Hand, kind of pick it up so it's, like, extra careful and bring it to him. He goes, I'll carry it, but uh, Rangrim, I feel like you've earned the smashing honor, so what do, what do we owe you, Jargot? You don't owe me anything, but you can tell Baldor now that the amount, uh, the amount that it will take to get the sword back is a little bit higher. Uh, I feel like this guy's got a tab everywhere he goes, and looks at Rangrim's like, here, take these. And I hand Rangrim some vials in case he's still going to try to collect some blood and (laughs) book it out the door. Okay. Um, You you take care of that. And and he's just like looking at Dragot with like puppy dog eyes and like, and we had there's still another matter we had to attend to. Yes, you mentioned you needed my Blood. Now, why would that be? Well, I had this whole like, elaborate like reason I was going to tell you why I needed it, but I'm just going to level with you. You seem like a straight shooter. Um, I have this poison. It's like really bad for the right kind of person, and I want to make more of it. And they told me I need a blood, the blood from like what you are. So um, if I could get some, you could at least have some of the poison. It's not like I want to drink it. I'm not doing anything weird. I mean, I am making poison out of it, and someone's going to drink it, but it's not going to be me or you. It's going to be some other dick. And, like, maybe I could have you have some, too, and you could maybe sell it or, you know, make some dick that you hate drink it. The Mage Bane. And you can see as you're as he's talking, he is getting, like, 
he's almost like kind of swelling in size a little bit and things around the room are starting to kind of like rattle and the red light coming through the the windows like the heat in the room is intensifying and as with each word he's saying he's the mage bane potion is made from slain rakshasas only their hatred is what gives it its power now do you intend to slay me Absolutely not. See, that was, they didn't tell me that detail. That's why I was like, well, I'll just ask him. It shouldn't be any problem. And Rangram is, like, taking a step back, like, the whole time this is happening. He's like, oh, why would I? I'm not, you're an all right guy. I wouldn't try and fault you. But, I mean, I got that whole thing with Baldo to deal with. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be right back. And I'm going to make a voice of someone else using thaumaturgy just from his back room and just say, oh, Jogod, here's the thing you were looking for. Uh, yeah. And then just roll, leave. Roll me, uh, yeah, roll me a uh, performance with advantage. Okay. Uh, it's the only time I actually hope you roll badly. Oh, God. Oh, you to advantage. <laughs> uh, that, that is uh, 18, right? I don't have anything else on performance. 18? You rolled an 18? I rolled Damn. an 18. So Dude. actually, no, I, I do have a plus two to performance. It was a 20. <laughs> Dirty 20. Oh my god, you're so fucking lucky. You have no idea. I'll tell you guys later what was going to happen. It was not going to be good. Um, <laughs> well, you, we still have to go uh, back you, to him, so we still have an opportunity to piss him off. You make right. it through the door, uh, Rangrim, and you and you kind of stumble your way and kind of fall on all fours outside of this door uh, that leads uh, leads out into, surprisingly, out into uh, Rockdale, just where you left. Um, and uh, the door, like, magically slams shut behind you. Like, just... Just off the door is Glenn, just kind of like tapping on the orb, waiting, like casually, like whistling to himself. I think that there's a blast of heat too that kind of comes out from like as the door shuts. So there's like a heat that kind of comes through the door frame and it's red light, and then it kind of dims, uh, and it's, it's like, just normal again. You're standing right. outside this like grubby shack that uh, is magically connects you to Jargots. Glenn looks around and goes, "Didn't go well, did it?" Oh, it's fine. He's that was a great guy. Him. We probably shouldn't ask him about the blood anymore, though. Probably That's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah okay. About pressing that subject. Let's go get Cosmo. I thought I was going to Jargot. Maybe he just got lost on the way to Jargot. <laughs> and was like, you guys are already here. And then we all go to Nuggets. That's fine. Holy Thanks. shit, Cosmo, you were outside at the perfect time. <laughs> How convenient. Well, uh, we got this. And I, thought- I hold up the orb. It's like, uh, Jargot says this is going to do what we need to do, so let's go. Well, that's fancy. I thought you guys was going to Nagas, but uh, that looks really cool. Let's go see if it helps. We book it. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, you all, you all run. Uh, and you're, you know, you're, it's still like, I think it's like early afternoon at this point, uh, but you all uh, make your way back to the arena in a pretty short period of time and kind of run your way in, uh, like, you know, Kosha's kind of sitting there at her desk uh, and she's kind of like working through some paperwork. Uh, looks like she's working on some stuff. She kind of looks up and sees you all and kind of like looks at you and put a little bit of puzzlement um, as you all like run. I assume you're running right past to where uh, where Baldor was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Uh, at, as you all run into this room, uh, you can see that the three, the same three healers are sitting there like kind of over Baldor and they seem like the energy that's coming out of their hands is kind of a little bit weaker and they seem like they are fucking tired. Like they are absolutely sweating uh, and look like they are they are losing steam uh, pretty quickly. And you can see that the uh, the corruption spreading across Baldur has like almost, it's probably a, a good like like 60% of his body at this point. Damn. 
so we definitely did not have 24 hours. Uh, so yeah, once Glenn gets in like the doorway, he like holds the orb out, looks around, groups like, "Look, man, you're only getting one chance to hit him in the face," and hands him the orb. And Rangrim, like, takes it, like, run to, like, take one, like, jump off, like, maybe there's a crate or something. Yeah. One foot off the wall to, like, Superman punch Baller right in the face. With Love you. it. <laughs> okay. <Kill>. Yeah. <laughs> I think, honestly, no. So, like, you you smash this thing into into his chest, and as it does, like, I mean, it breaks and, like, probably cuts your hand a little bit um, as this, like, this piece of glass, like, shatters. This, like, thin glass orb shatters. And... As it does, like this kind of cloud of this green and blue smoke kind of expands out for a second. And it kind of expands to form the outline of Baldor from above him. And then it just like sinks into his body and you can see it kind of like moving and morphing to like fill, like to, to go and cover these areas that have been like corrupted by this uh, this like frostbite. And like, I think it, it, it absolutely disrupts all the healers who just completely stop what they're doing and stand back uh just kind of in shock at what had happened and nothing happens for a second and i think you all are standing there and you're really like sitting on bated breath as like this corruption is it's seeming to continue to spread and it's starting to go a little bit faster and then all of a sudden it stops once it's almost like maybe taken up like 80 percent of his body like just up to his neck and then it starts to dissipate and starts to revert. Uh, and you can see that his body is turning back to its normal coloring. Um, what you are noticing though, is that everywhere that the corruption was, it has left like, his skin color is slightly different. It's like this, it's almost like it's been burned in all these places. Like it's almost like his body is covered with like this kind of burned skin um, on like his arm and like the areas that it covered. Um, it's just like slightly different pigment than the area that, uh, that didn't get uh, this corruption. Um, and I think that after sitting there and watching him for like, you know, not breathing for like 30 seconds, I think that you all are relieved to hear him take like a rattling raspy breath. Uh, and just as he does that, the healers go back in and start just like casting their healing again. Uh, and yeah, I think that you all can feel very confident that you were able to save Valdor. Hmm. Yeah. That was uh, about as terrifying of a situation as I think I've had to deal with lately. And that's saying something. Um, are you all wanting to get Baldor up, take him with you? Or are you trying? What are you? What are you trying to do with this, sir? What's your goal? Do we? Uh, he's still asleep, right? Yeah, he's he's currently being tended to, but it seems like he's. Uh, and I think like communicating with the with the healers, he seems like he's out of you know, off death's door. And at this point he just is getting rested and getting some healing on him. Well, boys, do we, uh, do we cut him into the purse? Cause I kind of feel like as our patron, he's supposed to get some of this, but I can't necessarily recall if he paid anything into this purse. He, he I'm said pretty he sure paid... this was all our gold going forward. He, he did say he paid for the entry to the tournament, but he never said what it, but that's fair. I think I have an idea to pay him. Uh, we did you save his life, right? I mean, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty it, good fee. It's a that's good, a good offer. Gift, a gift of life. It keeps on giving. What? We it's can a... tell us fuck all stories to the next group of idiots that come in here, and it's not us. Well, I think winning today 
kind of like ascribed us to him for a little bit. Oh if, yeah. Well, a version of us, right? Not necessarily us. Rock and oh, Dale. Yes. And you, Poops McGee. Uh, it's Poops among my friends. Poops. Oh, I should have gone with Poops. That's way cooler. I can't even remember which one I am. Am I Rock or Dale? I'm not really sure. I kind of made it just up. Changed, yeah, just changed. I'm, I'm, pretty sure you're, I'm pretty sure you're Rock. I thought he was Dale. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even keep it straight. Oh, well, uh, let's give him some rest, I think. And maybe we'll check on him later. All right. Well, anything you guys want to take care of in town before we, uh, I feel like a, a night's rest and figuring out what's, what's next is in store. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it would be good if we got some more like info about, oh, uh, you know, and he just points to his hand with like the other with hand the other. still kind of strapped to his hand. <laughs> I just thought that was like a under dark, like stylistic, like like more hands are better than one kind of thing if there's there's a plan around that that'd be fantastic to find out about I mean, you ever like rent rent like a piece of jewelry somewhere and like you walk around the store with it for a while no i've just stolen it yeah that makes sense i'm trying to get a feel for it i don't know if, hmm. if it works it looks so. nice it weirdly matches your eyes which is confusing well, when they do like, this and he turns his eyes black and he just starts walking towards you like oh, i'm gonna kill you Glenn. that's the one i'm kidding well, that's uh, the one the only other thing I had in mind was uh, I didn't intend to keep this axe. I mean, I certainly didn't intend to use it, but uh, she seemed like one worthy of it being used on. But uh, I think I have something in mind for this. Well, you're going to sell it to somebody. More of a trade, really, what I had in mind. Well, well, where to? Because I just had a very strange encounter with... Um... One of the other uh, retailers in town, and I am not going back there. Well, God, tell me it wasn't Jogget, was it? No. Did no, you ask you him for his Jogget? blood? I need to go to the you, camp, you and I have did, to poop and check on my donkeys. You? It wasn't Jogget at all. Oh, why did you do that? Oh, well, Ingram. Um, asking for people's blood when, like, people make potions out of the blood of their like fallen kin is offensive in some cultures. Yes, it's like most, asking for the kidney cultures. or something. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, well, well, I suppose uh, you should just sit this one out. Maybe I should go alone. You went with him, didn't you, Glenn? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I'm still in his good graces. I, I saved his proverbial friend, so I'm going to go with you because him and I have some business we need to take care of too. So I'll tag along. Maybe it'll help to have a, a sweet, sweet smile with you. And Glenn does a really awkward smile. Um, so just, <laughs> just for, just for brevity's sake. Um, so it, are all three of you going and then only Glenn and Cosmo are intending to go inside? No, Rangrim is not even like getting on the same block as Jargos right now. That was a bad vibe for him. Okay. Uh, Rangrim is going to go back to where the cart is. It's still in the, just the outskirts of the town because we couldn't have it inside. Yep. Yep. That would still be where it's at. Um, Perfect. So I'll handle the Jargot thing first, and then we'll go. To, we'll jump to that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, just one random side thing. Um, one Rangram side thing. One Rangram side thing. Um, Rangram, did Madame Marsha's cloak have the Red Strider's like emblem on it? No. Or was it just like a red cloak? It's yeah. It's just like a red and black tie dye almost. 
sick i like that so that's what he's wearing instead of like that tarp that he got from like yeah. udak yeah which he's been wearing yeah that's cool that's awesome i love it um yeah i'm gonna take a bathroom break we were... you're good um rad well so cosmo and glenn uh you guys head over to jargots how are you approaching this situation um cosmo is gonna pretend like he doesn't know about what happened? The blood thing. <laughs> the blood thing. Mm-hmm. Which he doesn't entirely uh, know the whole story, but um, uh, I guess. So how are you entering? Just like normal. Glenn's, yeah, Glenn's not kicking the door straight down. He is less rushed. I mean, like, yeah, the, the the weight of the world is off of the guy's shoulders at this point. I think it's like kind of a casual stroll in. For sure. Uh, you open up the door and see the inside of a dirty shack with a wooden floor or with a uh, with a gone. dirt floor son um, of a bitch ranker be scared him <laughs> off you, you asked for his blood um so yeah you can just see the inside of this like decrepit little building that is just has a dirt floor and there's like some furniture and it just is like this little shack looks like no one's been in it in a long time so i picture cosmo walks in all excited with the axe and slumps and then glenn walks in with a bag of five thousand gold and slumps and it's like, ah well oh shoot i guess guess we'll have to find him in another town he did say he had had other entrances really, yeah really didn't intend to carry this axe more than out of the arena but uh certainly i'm not gonna let it leave me now if uh this Guy oh, is not going to trade it. Yeah, I think that might be something we hold on to for a little bit and see. Uh, maybe we can't get more coin or better bartering chip. But yeah, that's uh, it's disappointing. Let's go catch up with Rangram at the cart. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think that uh, I think that you all uh, head over. Uh, I think you all head over to the uh, to the cart. I think you're able to make your way um, out there without it being. Like I think you're able to make your way through town. I think you you ca- you're catching some eyes of some people like from time to time and they'll like applaud you or whatever. You also still see that like um, now where the original statue was, there has instead been like they're dragging the same same uh, old dwarf is like kind of parading these uh, these workers to kind of drag this big block of stone over to where that pedestal was where they tore the other statue off of, and then you can see that. Uh, Madame Marsh's statue uh, it's not been destroyed it's just kind of but it's it's stuck kind of eerily close to where Baldor's statue was uh it just kind of stuck in has been set kind of at a catty corner angle uh in the kind of statue graveyard is anybody near her statue uh I think that the I think that the the crew uh that is dragging the stone over to the new pedestal I think they're probably within 30 feet of it like they're they're relatively close I cast shatter on her head uh hell yeah i didn't know you had shattered that's awesome uh yeah uh yeah i don't think i even need to do a save i think that i think and i think shatter does more than just her head i think that shatters 10 feet i think that whole statue comes apart unless you whatever's left of her statue is not left of her statue (laughs) i think you blast i think this thing blasts apart i think that uh roll me a uh roll me a stealth check to see if you can do this without being noticed uh 16 okay yeah, I think that you cast uh, this just loud ringing sound. Just it kind of explodes from uh, this 
statue graveyard and you see this statue of Madame Marsh and her companions, which was like this heavily armored dwarf uh, with a, I think with a giant flail and then a like huge, like monstrous human, uh, like barbarian with his massive sword. And I think that you just see the statue explode. And I think the people that are dragging over and carrying over this big giant block of stone, uh, I think they drop it. Uh, I think the the, the dwarf, uh, the old dwarf kind of screams uh, a little bit. And then I think that they're like kind of distracted from what they're doing. They're kind of going over to look at this like dust cloud as, as the rubble kind of settles and falls to the ground. Um, but are you guys just continuing past going to the cart still? Yeah. Okay. Cosmo awesome. just yeah. offers a high five mostly. <laughs> Yeah, no, no eye contacts made too. It's just like we both just like boop and keep going. <laughs> so uh, I think that uh, Rangram, I think you get there first. And as you get to camp, uh, you are seeing that um, you catch that Nook and Kadana have completely packed up at this point, And they seem to be kind of just like sitting there waiting for uh, you all. And as you show up, uh, Nook kind of like sees you and kind of looks excited a little bit. He's like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was going to get another opportunity to see you. Um, yo, Great job in the uh, the tournament. I do that that guiding bolt, man. That was uh, that was that was impressive. Yeah, right. Oh my, she she didn't she didn't see that coming. Just dead. Well, yeah, dead. you know, as, uh, dead. you know, I wish you would uh, I wish you would be able to get that uh, that that warlock of theirs be uh, for that witch bolt he gave me. But you know, uh, I'll take uh, you know, I'll take the red two out of three uh, as far as uh, you know, getting what came to him. So I'm surprised y'all didn't kill him. But you know what? I uh, I guess it's uh, at the end of the day, it's you know, it's the honorable thing to do. Um, actually, hold on one second. And he, he kind of reaches back behind him and kind of like jumps up in the cart. Uh, his like feet are kind of dangling as he's, as he's digging around in there. Uh, and he drops back down. And what he, when he is, he's carrying these, uh, these boots and they are kind of leather boots. They're normal of normal size. And I think that they have some like I don't think that there's much about them that's like very unique. They just look like they're very well-made like leather boots. And uh, he kind of walks over to you holding them out and goes, you know, these were, um, these were Festas, uh, but he really couldn't wear them when he got, you know, when he got big. So I, you know, I think that, you know, I don't know if you all could, uh, could put them to use, but uh, I feel like uh, if, if he was still here, he would want you all to have them. So uh, here you go. And well, he hands these boots to you. I'm, Honor that you give me one of your fall, fallen friends uh, things here, and um, you know we did do the honorable thing. We didn't kill any of them, but I mean, you might be happy to know. And he just like throws the Madame Marsh cloak on and does like a little flourish. He's like, oh, "We got this somehow." If you can figure that one out a little bit. Holy shit! Is that is that from their uh, their patron? Yep. Uh, she she. Uh, I don't know if we killed her or if she just disappeared, but she was gone. Glenn stabbed her through the chest. Cosmo tried to kill Peril's axe. It was a, it was a whole thing. Well, uh, you know what? I, I appreciate y'all. I, you know, y'all been through some some stuff and you know helping us out, helping uh, you know make this right for Fester. I, I really really appreciate it. And, you know, I don't think that whether she's gone or whether she's you know just in another plane or whatever. I the end of the day i think the world's safer because of it so i think y'all did a good thing and yeah i hope uh i hope we all see y'all again i i think that that would be probably beneficial to all of us i think so too you uh you you lot ain't too bad um they're like packing up like ready to leave 
They're already done. Yeah, they're actually, uh, as, as Fester's talking to you, he's kind of jumping up uh, and uh, Kadana's kind of sitting next to him uh, and she's kind of just got her arms crossed her and uh, he, uh, Nook actually like grabs the reins uh, and like this kind of like really, really kind of like worn and tired looking uh, like horse that they have on the front of their cart uh, is, uh, it, he just seems like he's kind of getting ready to go. And I think as, as that's happening, I think, uh, I think Glenn and, and, uh, and Cosmo kind of like kind of come around the corner as well okay i would ask um i'd look look to the well i mean are you are you like well traveled in in these in these parts here i mean because i I don't know much about this this part of the surface or much of the surface at all uh i think i I think nook kind of like uh looks over he's like you know uh you know i'm I'm not from around here i'm from uh from over new water but uh, Kadana here. She uh, she might be able to help you. What do you what, what kind of questions you got? Uh, well, yes, what, been, what can I help you with? Well, we've been looking for a place called the the Dusk Forge. It's supposed to be, I think, like south south of here a bit, or north of here. It's one of the cardinal directions from our location. I, huh? Though I don't know of a. The, the thing that you're speaking of by name. I will tell you of an anomaly I've seen while flying higher up around nightfall. Somewhere to the southwest, anytime around dusk, and basing on, on the name of what you're speaking, this might be of interest. I've seen this mysterious glowing light in the Spina Peaks. It seems to be this ambient purple light that only lasts for the hours between nightfall, between day and night. You might be able to speak with someone else in town who might have more interest and more knowledge of local forges in the area, but from my, from what you've described, that might be worth looking into. Well, oh, thank you for, for that. It definitely is going to give us more to go on than... Um... The direction we've been traveling in and getting us into this whole mess, but I am glad we ran into you lot. Just like I'm sure these boys all speak of them as they, the other guys kind of walk up. Yeah, Glenn walks up. He's like, it looks like you guys are uh, all packed up and ready to head out. It was amazing meeting you, but I'm sorry that maybe our departing can't be at a little more positive note. Would have loved to see you guys in the in the Coliseum, but sure, sure, Rangram told you we took care of what we at least promised. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm kind of glad we didn't ever have to go toe to toe. I, you know, I think this, uh, I think it could have compromised this friendship a little bit. Uh, you know, I know I came off a little harsh at first, but uh, yeah, I, I appreciate y'all, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm like I told you, friend, I, I appreciate what you did for Festa and what you were able to accomplish. So. You know, whether it was us taking them down or whether it was you taking them down, I'm just glad that in the end they, you know, they went down. Uh, they sure as hell ain't getting up anytime soon. All right. And, uh, uh, well, look what I made. And he just pulls out Tony. Uh, what oh, the, man. you know, I mean, not for nothing, but what the, um, what in the nine hells is that? Well, he made it out of Festa's toe. Not weird at all, right? Right. It seems super weird, but look at him. He looks down and sees the toe that he like let you take, and is like, I think Kadana like 
automatically, like you see all of her feathers kind of ruffle up. And I think that uh, Nook just kind of looks and he goes, oh man, that's messed up. It's, what? it's, <laughs> it's I mean, an homage. It's, 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 a, it's in his, his legacy. Right, Cosmo? Right. That, well, that was the attempt going, f- that was the starting point. Was it was supposed to be a an homage to uh, our dear friend Fester, but uh, sorry, I'm really. Sorry. I mean, I can I can wreck it if you want me to. No, no, no. Well, I, I, so I I think we just maybe we we kind of explained it poorly. Uh, yes. So Nook meet Tony. Tony meet Nook. Tony. <laughs> I mean, how can you not love that guy? He's so little. His voice is okay. so deep. That's right. adorable. It's, it's adorable. Okay, okay. it's adorable. I, I'm over. I'm over the part with the uh, the really creepy part. But uh, yeah, no, it's adorable. I uh, I'm on board. It's cool. Um, I, I, I for a second I thought you know we had like a little stone version of our friend you know necromancyed into or something. But if it it seems like you know I, I'm all right with it. Uh, Kadana is still looking at you like not speaking. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it didn't go as planned. But uh, you know, I at least shoved an axe in that witch's shoulder. So uh, yeah, that accounts for something. The, I think I think that buys you a little bit of uh, you know, it buys you out of this this weird situation that you presented us with. But uh, I know I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, the lead, the you know, the memory of Fester lives on, and uh, I think that I think you all made sure of that in a couple of different ways now. So, but anyway, um. I think that it's probably best for us to get get going before it gets uh you know gets too late so we can make some make some headway on the road. So if uh, you ever come across Madame Marsh again, just get the hell out. I don't I don't know who's on her list, but don't be on it. Well uh I think that uh, our next place is going we're heading to Westreach. So I think that uh probably I might be taking a boat back over to Nuada. It's been a little bit weird over here, so might just Head over there, back to the you know my old stomping ground. See what's what's up, and uh, I don't know. Kanana might come with me. Uh, she still seems she has. It's not really saying anything. She just kind of looks over at him. And goes, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more on the road. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, we were actually talking about making our way to Westreach uh, pretty shortly after we took care of this guy. Kind of just rang him like any any recommendations of where we might look for lodging or any uh local secrets that uh worth checking out or maybe you hang around for a little bit until you see us and we can all get drunk together oh yeah no we i, I don't plan on heading out there right away so yeah if you all are there within a you know pretty short period of time a couple of weeks or, or something we we might still be there uh we'll just have to see but yeah no you catch me there and uh I'm sure i can show you around a few of the establishments like i said i've only been there once i came here from nuada so i might be able to give you a you know at least the places i've been at least you know if anything, give you a little bit more muscle, and he does a little flex uh, for you. Another bar fight, eh? Hey, you know, you can uh, whole new city. They don't know what's coming to them. <laughs> happy to happy to fight with y'all again. So safe travels. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, they kind of he kind of giddy ups his uh their like tired horse and uh, kind of head out uh, up the road, heading kind of to the northwest, uh, kind of along the Spina Peaks and. Um, as you all are watching this, uh, as you're kind of watching them head, head away and like, you know, it's, it's the middle of the day. I, I don't think it's, it's not like the sun setting behind them or in front of them or anything like that. Um, Glenn, you get this weird 
weird sense again, this like the familiarity of Joro, like this kind of weird wave of nostalgia kind of washes over you and you get this weird feeling that there's just like a presence next to you. What do you do? Uh, if it's directional, Glenn like starts to draw the rapier and looks that way. You go to draw the rapier and realize it's not in a sheath. I look that way. I like I'm reaching for it, but I'm like still like kind of turning that way. Glenn, you look to the side of you and you see that the rapier is hovering uh, in the middle of the air, kind of, uh, kind of just maybe at like maybe at shoulder height is kind of hovering in the air next to you. Glenn, the hands up, takes like a step back, like <laughs> about to get robbed, kind of thing. It's like, uh, guys, what the hell is that? This was Joro's sword. I don't actually know what's happening. But like, is it like tip and pointed towards Glenn? Or is it like, what's its I, sword position? So it's at, um, I think that, so I, I think Glenn, when you step back like this, I think your, I mean, your reaction is a fear, right? That would be like Glenn's current, yeah, like, like what, you're what feeling. the fuck? As you do that, you see that the rapier kind of flips to attention and is facing out away from you as if it's defending you. And it's floating in the air still, and it kind of like does a like a, a like a swift a swift like uh, parry and like uh, and like swipe a, in front. A riposte, cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think it's listening to me. I don't I don't really know. And I'm gonna reach out and try to grab the handle. As you reach out to the, the to grab the handle, it actually kind of moves towards your hand and uh, is in your hand now. Mm. It does like a quick little flourish, make sure there's no dust or anything on it, sheathes it and goes, man, Joro's had more secrets than I'd like to, like to know about. Rangram, I feel like you need to take a look at this when you get some time. There's no time like the present. Can you, can you make it just float in front of you again? I want to try something. I think float. You throw it in the air. Yeah, I like pull it out and I'm like, <laughs> ah! So uh, I want to do two birds and one stone here. Um, Rangram, uh, the second that you touch those boots, too, you notice that they were magic. So, okay, I kind of thought so. I was going to get to that as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you're, so you're casting Identify on both of these? Uh, yes, so I'll do it. But they're both as a, as a ritual, so just so I don't have to burn the spell slots. Um, and I will, I will burn the gold cost for the technically any day. Watch I believe it's a pearl, so... Who's what's it? I think that's actually the... What it takes. That's the technical term. Uh, a wuzzy majig. Yeah, a, a what's a majig? A frignoid. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would uh, absolutely cast identify on uh, Joro's sword as well as the boots. Well, I was actually going to say like Rangram just started putting the boots on. Okay. No idea of what they do. So. Amazing, um, Rangram. As you put these. <laughs> Okay. As you put these boots on, uh, you suddenly just feel like you could like you could just like move fast. Like you just feel like you can move probably about twice as fast as you normally could with these boots. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait a minute, you guys see this? And I'm like, Nyew. and I'm like right past Glenn. I'm like, what we'd see an animal over here, and I'm on the other side, and then because Sajikura is right. This is exactly what I was going to do. I'm going to run over and try and click in Glenn in the nuts to see if the sword's defending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Especially uh, yeah. I have speed on my side. 
Roll, uh, roll an unarmed attack. Because <laughs> you're using your legs, not your arms. Uh, Is it a one? It's a two. It's not a one. It's a two. I th- oh I think that God. you over I think you overbalanced I, I think you're going too fast and you totally like kick your leg out from underneath you and land uh, kind of land your back sliding across the ground. <laughs> I think you you kick your foot up yeah exactly hundred percent that like you just woo woo like as you tread Barry just pivots and just gets out of the way not even it's not even subtle like I, <laughs> Glenn can see from sixty feet away what Rangram's intentions were. Mm-hmm. It was not it was he is not a sly devil when it comes to that. Um, okay, so are are you going to after your chicanery? Are you going to cast uh, identify on that sword as well? Yeah, so well, I'm I'm done goofing off. Let me let me say that for a minute. Maybe I can give you some insight into what a, whatever finery Joros left you. As you so you cast identify on the sword, and as you do, it raises out of its sheath, and uh, I think that you recognize it pretty much instantly as a dancing blade. Cool. Uh, and Glenn, um, you are able to instruct Glenn that uh, he can will this sword with his mind. Sick. Because he attuned himself to it. Uh, in my mind, I think for the sword to kick Rangrim in the nuts. The Dolan, right? It's it's okay. like going at you and then just handle drops and right in the nuts. Just gonna look up the uh, just gonna look this thing. Up oh my god! Quick. It's a if it is a plus one, it's a twenty five to hit. Um, Ouch! Act happen. It, uh, so yeah, I need for you to make. I mean, it's still a rapier, uh, so I need you to make me a uh, a, a bludgeoning attack with that rapier. Okay. Like I make roll the damage for it. Oh my god! <laughs> it's I, I rolled max. Uh, it's 14 damage. <laughs> 14 nut damage as the pummel of this rapier just like flies directly into you, <laughs> you Rangrim, uh, <laughs> as you're laying on the ground, basically, or or I've gotten up at this at this point, probably on the ground uh, again soon. No, that's one of those ones that like took him off his feet, takes all the breath out of his lungs, and he falls to his knees with, with kind of a <gasps> as his forehead hits the ground, because that actually brought me down to 2 HP. You almost got the unconscious with that. I would have loved for that to knock you unconscious. It it hit you so oh, hard for calling. God. I I think that I think that you all are like laughing about this. Uh, Rangram, I think you're trying to catch your breath and you're you're kind of like I think I mean would Rangram be chuckling uh, like uh, laughing about this too? Oh or yeah, it's one of those like you know like it's it's funny, but he's still struggling <laughs> to breathe through it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think oh, Rangram, I think that you all are you all are laughing about this thing, and I think that you know it's this kind of it's this levity that you really haven't had. It's been a stressful day uh, and stressful. Like everything today has been stressful, and I think that like you all are laughing about this, and, and Rangram, you're trying to catch your breath and feeling the, this like <laughs> pain in your nether regions, and then you start feeling a different pain as you're a kind of like an open like an old wound starting to reopen. You start feeling your hand start to burn again. And it hasn't happened in a long time. And it hasn't... You look like... I think you look down, like, pushing yourself up off the ground, your hand covered in, like, dirt and dust from, like, lifting yourself up. And, like, through that, like, grime on your hand, you can just see that eye start to burn, that, like, 
not bright red, but just like this throbbing, dull orange. And you just kind of hear, you don't hear a voice that is actually saying anything to you, but you just hear this kind of rumbling laughter in your head. And that's where we're going to end the session tonight. Ah, damn it. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm the big bad. I'm sorry, Dude, guys. We're going to have to kill you. It's going to be super awkward.